What is up, y'all? It is your girl, Sid the Kid. How you doing? Welcome back to another podcast. Not just another podcast, but the second podcast that this girl is putting up on a Monday. Y'all are welcome. <laughs> what is up, y'all? Welcome back to the Sid the Kid podcast. I am your girl, Sid the Kid. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you guys with me. I hope you guys had an amazing St. Patrick's Day. <sighs> I mean, I don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day, but that's fine. And for those of you who are natural like me, I hope you have a great to wash your hair day. Who am I kidding? Washing your hair day is, it's, it's not a happy day. It's not a great day. But anyway, y'all, I'm so excited to be coming back at y'all with this podcast. And I hope you guys enjoy the future ones. I really have, really, really, really appreciate all of the love and support you guys have been sending me on Twitter and Instagram about my podcast and how you have been enjoying, you know, the one that I have put out so far, but I just want to say thank you and please keep sending me your thoughts and your advice and how I can change on my podcast and just anything is welcomed. Thank you so, so much. Now, just to get some house cleaning out of the way, I put out another podcast uh, reviewing J-Hope's Hope World Mixtape. So if you guys want to check that out after this podcast, please do, or you can just cut this podcast short and go straight to that one because you might not give a damn about this podcast. Anyway, go check that out when you have the time. (laughs) Also, you can catch this podcast on the Anchor app, which I highly recommend above even Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Uh, Anchor app just has a really simple interface, really cool. You can listen to the music that I put in between my different transitions of my podcast through Apple Music. So I can put all different types of tracks that I've been listening to lately into my transition. So I just think it's it's a better way, better experience to get the full... Sid the Kid podcast experience. But besides that, you can catch it on Apple Podcasts and supposedly Google Play or Google Music, but for some reason, Google Music is not working. So for you Android users, I apologize. I'm trying to troubleshoot that and see what is going on with that one. But yeah, you can catch this podcast on multiple different mediums and also on this YouTube channel, Sid the Kid, uh, that you're watching right now, probably. So just All right, guys, let's get into this next podcast where I'll be talking about teaching in South Korea, which I felt, you know, have I really been teaching long enough to give my opinion about teaching here? You know, what it's like to teach here, what I've experienced. And I've been teaching for about three weeks now, moved here about a month ago. And I think, you know, my transition was so smooth in that it just, it's just, I'm pretty stable now which is kind of shocking to me that I feel stable now after just moving here after a month uh, about teaching that I think I can talk a little bit more about my experience and what goes into teaching and other aspects about teaching here in South Korea. So with that being said, let me give you some some context. (laughs) Uh, My name is Sydney. I am a black woman from Chicago. I am 25. I am currently living in Daegu, South Korea, and I am teaching English, math, and science here at a hagwon or a private school. And I am teaching kindergarten as well as second grade. Hope that's context enough. (laughs) Also, guys, just to give a disclaimer, this is through my situation. While some things can be generalized for most of the teaching experience in South Korea, there are some things that I may mention that are just to my experience, my situation, as opposed to someone else's situation. So just keep that in mind. Just a little bit of a grain of salt, a little asterisk at the end when I say things. Okay, cool. Let's get started. (laughs) So the first thing we'll be talking about is the hierarchy system 
in teaching. Now, this is probably not a shock or a surprise to many of you who have been thinking about teaching for a while and have been following other people who teach in South Korea or uh, anywhere really. Uh, well, not anywhere really, but mostly South Korea. But I would say that there is a hierarchy system in terms of you being a foreigner teacher and then you having head teachers and then the assistant and directors of the school and then the owner of the school. And the best way I can put this is like in a pyramid, which is, which is kind of sucks to do it that way, but it's just easier for me. So at my school personally, we have, you know, me, our, our teachers and our Korean teaching partners kind of at, kind of at the same level. I want to say kind of, I won't say the bottom. I hate saying it like that, but let's just put it at the bottom. And then you have next, you have your head teacher, assistant director, and our director. Excuse me, all of a sudden I just need to burp. Okay, sorry, I'm just waiting for my burping fest to be done. The second level will be head teacher, the assistant director, and the director. And then, you know, the pinnacle of the pyramid will be the owner of our school. So my school, we are a hands-on learning immersion teaching principal school where we learn through play and we don't just sit in desk all day and just copy whatever I write on the board or you know just repeat what after just repeat after me every time I say something in English. No, we learn through hands-on games, we do drawing, we do coloring, we do handwriting, we go outside, we are constantly moving and not sitting in one space. So it allows us to do these activities that really, really, really helps kids get the concept down of the English language, you know, visuals, how to pair the visual and the word together. Just it's 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 the way that I like to teach and how I have been taught, you know, through most of my life, I would like to say. So I am very happy that is our teaching curriculum. And speaking of curriculum, uh, when I first got here, we already had our curriculum pretty much set. You know, um, my Hagwon is, is I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call it a franchise, but there are many locations of this of this private school around not just uh, East Asia, but around the world, around the globe. And so the curriculum is pretty much set. And, you know, even weekly to daily lesson planning has already been set for you, which is great. But I, I still do lesson planning and I still cater to what my students will learn and how they will learn the best. And so uh, the curriculum is pretty set, but you know, there are some things where you feel, hmm, maybe I can teach this in a better way in this way in order to get this topic or concept across. And usually my head teacher and director are fine with that. You know, you just say, hey, what if I just teach it this way? This seems a lot easier and easier to understand and a lot more fun. And they're usually like, yeah, no problem. You know, it's really when you just kind of deviate from the curriculum and just say, mm, I don't know if I want to teach this topic is when you really do have to go through the head, head teacher, the assistant director, the director and the owner to kind of get approval for that. So I would say there is definitely still leeway in terms of how you teach and what you teach, but it still has to follow the curriculum somewhat because that curriculum has been tailored under years of teaching from teachers who have taught at this school for years and have lots of teaching experience. So I will say, you know, you need to, you know, when you, if you do, if you are serious about thinking of, te about teaching in South Korea, just keep in mind that there is a place where you will probably stay and not really move higher up, um, maybe to head teacher if, you know, you are really good at your job and you're able to handle things well and with training and other things. But besides that, there's, you know, 
I won't say there's much leeway to be like assistant director or director or anything like that. So just keep in mind that there is a system set in place <laughs> for teaching. And I think this is pretty standard around many of the schools or the Korean schools here in South Korea. I could be wrong. Once again, this is my experience. <laughs> now, I think it's time to take a quick break. I do, I do need a quick sip of water, but um, we're going to come back with our next topic, which will be about what goes into teaching here in South Korea. And this is a little bit more context dependent than the last point, but uh, we will go over that in a few minutes. So I'll see you guys in a bit. All right, guys, we are back to the podcast and we're back to our second point, which is what goes into teaching in South Korea? And I've been getting quite a few questions about, you know, what teaching entails, what do you need to do? How do you prepare? And this is, once again, this is very context dependent. Uh, it depends on the age group. It depends on the number of kids. It depends at what level they're starting at, because you will have some kids who have a pretty decent, you know, level of English speaking and reading. And then you'll have some that don't have any at all. So you have to kind of start at the middle and work your way up from there. But you have to keep in mind that it's really kind of uh, touch and go, if that's, if that's the right phrase to say. So it's context dependent. It depends on the age of the kids you're teaching, you know, what you're teaching, what level they are at, what, what helps them learn the most. So, yeah, this is something that's definitely more context dependent. So for me, uh, the one thing I definitely want to stress for my school is that we do a lot of lesson planning. We definitely try to have lesson plans done the week, the Friday before the next, that week, that weekly plan is due or that daily plan is due. And we, I try to be as detailed as possible in my lesson plans, just in case if I do end up sick one day, that if a teacher can take over for my class, they can easily read my plan and know where my kids are and be able to follow, you know, what we're going to be doing that day. And so um, it's also great to have your lesson plans done in advance for your teaching partners. So for my school, uh, each foreign teacher has their own Korean teaching partner who is amazing. Uh, they, they know uh, what to do. They, they are really kind of <laughs> the backbone that keeps your class together when it comes to teaching. And uh, it's great to review your lesson plans with your teaching partner beforehand. Uh, this might just be my school. Some schools don't require that at all because... Um, the Korean teaching partner, you know, knows what works with the kids. They've probably done the class before and they can help you with choosing what sensors to do or what learning activities to do or what songs work or what doesn't work. And it's good just to have that, that connection, that, that partnership and to make it sure that it's strong because it really helps run a very well-oiled machine of a classroom. That makes sense. Um, you know, staying to curriculum is also another thing, which is easy. Um, Excuse me, I'm going to start burping again because my body just decided, hey, let's be gassy during this podcast. Um, staying to the curriculum, like I said in the previous point, you know, the curriculum is pretty much set up for me. Uh, it's been set up through people who've had years of teaching experience, not just in other schools, but through our school and through our program specifically. So when you stay on topic with that, you know, it's just a really great point of reference and a great way to get ideas of how to teach certain topics and which direction to go and, you know, just, you know, kind of gives you that baseline of where your kids should be at a certain point in a unit or a term, which is another thing that I like about my school is that the curriculum is built on certain themes. So maybe for four weeks, we'll do an all about me theme and then another four weeks will be dinosaurs and another one will be fairy tales. So it's 
it's fun to teach those different types of topics and it's it's fun just to make it more of a theme-based thing through play as opposed to just we're going to learn english words and you're going to repeat after me ready go that that's just boring <laughs> for me anyway and so you know lesson planning and sticking to the curriculum is something that i stress for my school anyway but it's something that i stress that if you lesson plan before time and you know what you're going to teach your kids before beforehand it just makes everything run so much smoother and when i wrote my first week lesson plan for my three different classes that i have it took me like a whole week like for some reason i just could not get a stable plan down. But now after two more weeks of teaching, I'm able to just quickly bang it out within maybe an hour. So, you know, it takes practice to get lesson planning done. But once you know what level your kids are at and you know what you've been doing, you know what direction to go into and what works best. Now, the next thing is once again, don't be afraid to ask questions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna repeat this a thousand times, guys. Whether this is through teaching in South Korea or anything, don't be afraid to ask questions. There is no dumb question, <laughs> unless the teacher has addressed the question before. But please ask questions. When you first move here to South Korea, to, and if you're planning to teach, please do not be afraid to ask questions. That is, that is the best thing you could possibly do in terms of making your transition so much smoother. and. It just it just helps clarify so many things. It helps clarify, you know, how ways how things work around school. You know what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Please just ask questions. Ask questions. Ask questions. <laughs> okay. The last thing I want to talk about is that it's a full time job. It's a full time. It's a. F it is a full time job. <laughs> if you guys are going to come into this job thinking. That it's going to be a walk in the park, which it is for some. I will say it is a walk in the park for some, but you do have to put the time in. You have to put the time in. I mean, this might just be because I'm a passionate person and I have passion in teaching and I, and I just want to make sure I do the best in everything because I'm a perfectionist that way. But you need to put the time in. It's not, you know, South Korea is an adventure. It is a place where you can explore, experience a different culture and just, you know, just really have just really have a really cool experience. But at the same time, you need to put the work in. You, ha you have to put the work in or else it's just, it's not gonna go well when it comes to review time. Because <laughs> we all get reviewed uh, after a certain number of weeks of teaching in terms of where our kids are, how our teaching is, and you know, we get reviewed and we get, you know, we get advice from our head teacher. So definitely put the time in. It's definitely worth it and you know, uh, uh, it, you, it's probably why you guys don't see me as often on YouTube because I put a lot of time in this. I want this to be good. I want this to be perfect. I want my kids to learn well. I want them. <sighs> yeah, I'm getting passionate all over again. When I get passionate, I get somewhat emotional. So please excuse me. But uh, yeah, I want my kids to do well. I, I want them to improve. I want them to build themselves to grow themselves. So yeah, that is something to just keep in mind. And now the last thing I want to talk about, uh, the third thing is my kids. And this is also very context dependent. So I teach uh, two kindergarten classes as well as a second grade class. So I will start with my kindergarten class. I have the morning, what we call morning shift, <laughs> where I teach from nine to six, Monday through Friday, but I do not, ha I do not have to teach on Saturdays, unlike the PM teachers who teach two to six, two to six, two to seven, but have to come in on Saturday to teach. 
and my 9 to 2 class is my KG7 or my uh, kindergarten class. They are Korean age 7, but they are international age 5. So um, they're my babies. They're my babies. I love them very, very much. They're very sweet, very kind. And the main focus of my kindergarten class is not to learn, not only just to learn through play, to help them with reading, you know, forming sentences, writing sentences, handwriting, um, just understanding concepts through different themes of English and phonics and words and other stuff. But it is to help them build social skills as well because they're the age of five. They're age of five, okay? You know, they're, they're, they come from families that uh, can't afford to pay for a private kindergarten, which is the other thing. I said this in my previous podcast, but the Korean education system starts from um, elementary school all the way to high, through high school. There is no kindergarten here in the Korean education system. So for those parents who can afford to send their kid to a kindergarten, uh, they send it to a, a hagwon or an English hagwon or maybe to a math hagwon or, you know, you know, whatever they want to send their kid, kid to, uh, to kind of give them a head start. And, um, you know, these kids, you know, they might not have, I, w- I wouldn't say not have the social skills, but they might not have had these type of interactions with other kids before with foreigners or with, you know, just, just, just the type of people that they work, that we work with here in the Hagwon and who they are with and their classmates. And so it's really also about how they interact, not just in Korean, but in English, how they share, how they're nice to each other, how they treat each other kindly. So it's kind of, (laughs) it's kind of also trying to teach them to be kind human beings as well, which is weird to say. And also to be independent is another thing, which my teaching partner does an amazing job of. She makes sure that when they come in, you know, by themselves, they're already putting their coats away, they're putting their shoes away, they're putting their homework on the desk. They're very independent and, you know, that they can go to the bathroom to themselves, that they brush their teeth to themselves, clean up after themselves, that they just become very independent little human beings. And I, it's a well-oiled machine and it just, it helps them. I can't wait to see the progress from when I first met them to the end of the year because I feel that it's, go- it's going to be an amazing transformation. Uh, when I was shadowing teachers who had a similar class to mine, uh, my KG7s, they, she said, you will not believe the transformation that they go through from the first day you meet them to the very last day when they're graduating. It's, they, she says it's unbelievable how far and how much they improve. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, she told me she cried during graduation. So I'm probably going to be that too because I'm passionate and emotional. But yeah, my KG7s are just, you know, they're my babies. They're, they're my babies. Now, this is something that I want to stress. <laughs> um, classroom dynamics, because they are five and there's playtime and there's toys, there's going to be disagreements, arguments, and that's just with being a kid. But you, you, have, to, you have to push through that. And that is something you need to teach them is to share and to be kind and that's something that I just want to stress when it comes to this type of teaching, when it's very hands-on and learning through play and not necessarily sitting at a desk. And another thing is that every classroom, no matter where you're teaching in South Korea, in Thailand, in Taiwan, back in the States, you will have that one problem child. <laughs> and I mentioned this in my first podcast, but I wanted to save it for this one. I had one child who... I wouldn't call him a problem child. He wasn't necessarily mean by intent or, you know, just disruptive, just, just, just for the sake of being disruptive. He unfortunately was, 
I want to say he was on the spectrum of, you know, uh, some mental disability or men mental disease. And I don't like self-diagnosing people, so I'm just going to leave it at that. But it was to the point where, you know, at KG7, at the age of five, you should be able to sit on a carpet and be quiet. And he couldn't even do that himself. Uh, he couldn't keep his hands to himself. He, you know, couldn't look people in the eye when they were talking to him. You know, couldn't really even understand Korean or English. And it was hard to teach because he was such a distraction in class. And my teaching partner had to always keep him sitting and keep him from running around and being the distraction and hurting people. And so it just got to a point where we had to talk with the mom and say, we don't have the resources to help your son through what he is going through. And it was really sad because, you know, he became kind of an outcast in my class. And, you know, people just, the kids were just, just, just could not focus with that type of behavior in my class. So he had to, he had to leave my class. And it just, it just really upset me because I, that's like the last thing I would ever want to do is out somebody for not being able to do what all the other kids can do, which is sit down, you know, listen, do the activities, stay focused. So that was, that was a hard thing I had to go through my first week and a half. Um, and then of course you have the kids that are just very outgoing, uh, kind of like the bossy. And that's the other thing, your kids will each have their own personality. I could tell you to a T who is who, who does what their personality just, just already within two weeks. And it seems kind of crazy, but I, that's what I love about my kids. They are all different, different personalities and did I mention that I love them? I love them. I just love them. <laughs> um, another thing is that with your kids, you need to pay attention. You need to pay attention when it comes to teaching. It's because you need to see how they're progressing. You need to see whether they pick up a certain concept very well or if they don't pick it up very well. And if you need to tailor their homework or tailor the activities they do in class to see if that will help them pick it up better. I know for me, we were struggling with the numbers 11 through 15. Uh, this past week and I had to really find a different way to teach them how to get those numbers down and so I had to try different games and I had to try um, different activities and finally I, I think we got it down hopefully and other things like we were learning about family and you know I had to do a huge visual representation of a family tree and uh, help them learn about different family members and where they stand within their family and other things so you just need to pay attention with what works and what doesn't work and how, you know, what you can do can help them progress throughout, you know, your, through your class, because that's as, as hard as it is, this is the hog, hogwan is a business. It is a business and you need to give the parents and the kids what they pay for. That, that, that is just the sad, that's kind of the sad thing about hogwans is that it's a business. It's while it's a great, it's a great, my experience has been great in terms of teaching and it's a great environment to learn and there's probably more money in it, you have to give the, the parents what they pay for, okay? So it is a very interesting dynamic, but you have to pay attention and make sure that you're doing what you need to do and that your kids are progressing the way that they need to be progressing. Now, let's get to my other kids, which are my uh, second graders who I love to death. My second graders, I absolutely adore. Um, they're amazingly smart. They've been through our program multiple times, maybe since through kindergarten. And you can have good in-depth conversations with them. Um, I'm able to do 
uh, high levels of math and science with them. Second grade was actually personally my favorite grade when I was growing up. I had the best second grade teacher. I don't care nobody said she was the best second grade teacher ever. And it's just, they're just fun group. You can sass with them, joke with them, just have a lot of fun with them. And it's nice to be able to, to carry on a conversation sometimes, uh, as opposed to with um, a five-year-old who has basic English, but, you know, will sometimes come to you and be like, this word is, this is, this word is this word in Korean and kind of speak Korean to you. And you're just like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> I think, um, my second graders are just, I also love them as well. We actually, we actually just had a birthday party for one of my kids and it was a lot of fun. Oh man, are they a fun group? But I think I'm, 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 I'm centering off the point. Uh, but what I have to say is that we, be prepared to have good days and be prepared to have bad days in your classroom. There'll be good days where they are so receptive and they just soak up everything like a sponge and they are just listening to you and they are having a good time and they're excited and it's great. And then you'll have bad days. Like I had one on Thursday where they were acting like they were babies and they didn't want to learn anything and they weren't receiving information very well. And it's, it can be very frustrating. And so I, <laughs> you have to be prepared to have those days and they can be frustrating. But even though if you have those sad days, it's still enjoyable to teach for me. It's still enjoyable to, to teach, to see them learn, to see them get things quickly. It's, it's a great thing to see. And the last thing I want to end this on is that you need, you need, please, 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 please have a passion for teaching whether that's English or math or science or whatever subjects, have a passion for it, please. Because I have run into teachers who in my own school who are now gone, but just, just did not have the passion for it. And even kind of had this somewhat of a hate, a uh, mad hateful attitude towards the kids. And it just, it kind of hurt because, you know, you could just tell that they didn't want to be there and they were ready to go. And, you know, that's fine. You know, some people will not have the greatest experience teaching and, you know, even for some cases, there were teachers who were t only teachers because their, their, their partner or their spouse wanted to teach here, but they didn't want to, but they did it for them anyway. And it just, they just from the get go did not want to be here. So please, please, if you are seriously thinking about teaching in South Korea, please have a passion for it because it just, and my battery just died. <laughs> Hold on one second, y'all, while I change this battery. I hate this camera so much because it runs out of battery so fast and at some point I'm going to have to get that fixed or just get a new one all in general. Uh, let me see. Where's the record button? Where's the record button? <laughs> uh, so yeah, for those, for those of you who are jumping back on this vid, uh, watching this video, why is my camera died? So sorry for the little weird cut off at the end, but please have a passion for it. Once again, I can't stress it enough. You know, if you're just coming because, you know, you just think it'll be a, a cool adventure and you really don't have that passion and you don't like kids or you don't enjoy it, but you just think South Korea will be a cool place to visit. Like just have a vacation dude and just visit South Korea for for three weeks, four weeks or something like that. Don't do a whole year where you think you're going to have this cool, amazing adventure and then realize that most of the time you're here, you're going to be teaching kids that you do not enjoy teaching to or just don't enjoy teaching at all. Like just do a vacation 
don't waste people's time. Please don't do that. <laughs> and, you know, even for me, I, this is my first time in South Korea and I never visited South Korea before this, but I am enjoying every second of it. So it also depends on you. If you're not sure, come and visit. If you think you'll still enjoy it and you do like teaching, give it a go. You know, it, it, can, it can work out and maybe it won't. Once again, I've, I've, I was very blessed to be put in the school in the situation that I am in right now. And I feel that is a very smooth transition. I was able to train beforehand. You know, some people don't even get to have training days. They're just popped right into this classroom. And, you know, I just, my situation is very, can be very different from other people's experiences. So did I say anything else? No, I think, I think that is it. Um, but besides that guys, uh, oh, I did forget to mention one last thing. Um, for my KG sevens, for my kindergarten class, uh, most of the time you're teaching through play and like actual lesson time of you sitting on the carpet and teaching a lesson on the whiteboard is maybe 20 to 30 minutes. So keep that in mind with the younger kids, they will have a shorter attention span, like 10 to 15 minutes attention span so uh not even 10 to 15 minutes like five to ten minutes or i think somebody once said that the attention attention span that one person will have is is their age plus seven or something like that so my kids are five plus seven seven minutes is 12 minutes so um if you're seriously thinking about teaching younger kids just keep in mind they have a short attention span so make sure to jazz things up do different things games activities uh but with older kids they will have much of a more straightforward, longer attention span. And there's pros and cons to teaching younger kids and older kids. Uh, younger kids kind of, you know, they're, they're not much conversation <laughs> too much anyway, but you, they will follow you and they will love you no matter what. They are great. They are still great kids. Um, they're, God, I can't, I can't stress, stress enough how great both grade levels I teach at are. And my second grade kids, it's just great conversation. You can have more in-depth conversation, teach them really complicated concepts. Uh, I love my second grade kids because uh, when it comes to science, which is where my background is, I, I can just go, I just go, go to town with them and they love science too. So um, that was the last thing I just wanted to mention, but I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Sorry, I was kind of a mess today, especially with the camera and everything. If you feel that I was speaking too fast or not loud enough, let me know in the comments or let me know on Twitter or Instagram. My Twitter and Instagram handle are at SidTheKid7675. Uh, feel free to leave a voice message. Let me know what my next topic should be. I really enjoy doing this podcast, guys. They're a lot of fun. And I just really hope you enjoy them as well in the future ones. So remember, I will usually upload the podcast either Saturday or Monday of the next week. So yeah, <laughs> that was a really weird ending. But thanks for listening to this podcast, guys. If you liked it, let me know. I hope to see you guys next time. And Sid the Cat is out. She's gone. Bye for now.